yo, yo, it's your girl and boy CT. I'm Cindy Barnes. And I'm Travis Barnes. And we are the founders of the Overcomers Podcast. The Overcomers Podcast is designed to help you overcome adversity and live your dreams. Every week, we will be sharing stories of people who found their strength in their struggle. The Overcomers Podcast is sponsored by Journey 333. And that's a lot of threes, so let me tell you what it is. It's fitness, coaching, and nutrition. It is a place where we help you to look better, live better, and feel better, and it is mind, body, spirit. Today, we're going to help you get your mind right with our special guest. Hello, Overcomer Nation. Man, have I got a treat for you today. Not only is he a true overcomer, but he is a Spartan. He is a world champion. He has a world record for both DECA Strong and the DECA Mile. He finished second in the DECA Fit. He's a former professional Spartan athlete. Ryan Kent, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thank you, guys. I appreciate you having me on. Well, it's not every day that we get a double world champion on our show. And, uh, <laughs> man, I'm just super excited because at Journey, you know, the interest and the participation in the DECA events has just been growing and growing. I'm super excited to have Ricardo as my co-host because uh, nobody's grown a bigger DECA community than him. Uh, so, you know, he's got a couple of world champion children in there, you know, so, uh, you know, we can brag on them today as well. But uh, Ryan, if you could, just for our audience, let's just uh, start where you started, you know, what's what actually created this um, interest, this passion for you to where, you know, you've, you've gotten into becoming a, a professional athlete for Spartan and a DECA world champion? Where did that begin? Well, it's a long, it's a long story. Um, and I'll, I'll try to condense it as, as best I can. But basically, my, my dad was an athlete growing up. You know, um, he was my dad was a world champion arm wrestler back in the 1970s when, when arm wrestling was in its heyday. Uh, he was also really big into marathon running. He would he would run a couple marathons a year, would hop in like local 5K runs um, within the community. And I always kind of got dragged along to these to these events as, as a child. And eventually I just started doing them myself and found out that I was actually pretty good at running. You know, I set a couple uh, national records as a child um, and, and some road races around like between like 5K distance and half marathon. Um, I was doing like half marathons by the age of seven, which is looking back on it. It's like, man, that was kind of crazy. But in, in the moment, it was so normal to me that I didn't really think that what I was doing was that crazy. Um, it wasn't until years later that I'm like, man, that was that was pretty bizarre. But, you know, that that just that just carried throughout my life. Um, you know, I ended up running track and cross country in high school and was pretty good and got a scholarship to run at a division two school in West Virginia called Concord University, where I ran track and cross country. There, I was a, a conference champion in the 3,000-meter steeplechase, which is the event where you jump over the hurdles and the water pit. Um, and yeah, man, I was, I was having a blast, you know, just being a runner. And uh, when I graduated college, I, I knew that becoming a professional runner was going to be really, really hard to do. I was always a little bit bigger than, than most of the other athletes. I had a little more muscle mass. Um, so my ceiling as far as like how far I could take this thing was pretty limited, but I was stubborn and I kept pushing it and, and seeing what I could do. And 
Um, I kept training after college. I, I ran a couple marathons, ran a 230 um, in the marathon, which is a great time, but it's not going to, you know, compete against the Kenyans or anything like that. So, you know, I, there was this point in my life where I basically had to, had to kind of move on from my identity as an athlete. You know, that, that was from the age of four or five up until like my early twenties, I was Ryan, the runner, you know, that, that was who I was. And I really had to let go of that and, and move on. And, and that's really what I did. But during this time where I wasn't competing anymore, I was still exercising and working out because it was so embedded into my lifestyle that I was always, you know, a couple times a week, I'd go for like a five mile run. And then I'd go to the gym and do some squats and bench press. And, you know, I was always staying fit. And then, you know, I don't know, five or six years went by. And a friend of mine that I grew up with was like, hey, there's a this thing called a Spartan race that's happening about an hour and a half from my hometown. And he's like, I think you should go do this. You, you might be pretty good. And I didn't know what it was, but I got online and looked it up and saw that it was kind of this mixture of, of endurance running, trail running, but also like you had to be strong because there were these obstacles where you had to like carry a sandbag for like a long period of time. And I was just like, dude, this is, this is made for me. So, you know, the, 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 the person who I spent much of my life being, uh, was now kind of revived in a way. Um, this this dream of becoming a professional athlete, you know, was now like actually a realistic possibility, just in a completely different sport than than I had even imagined. Uh-huh. And I I really kind of took off and ran with that. I've I had some great success in in the Spartan Race um, series for about five or six years. I, I was you know, living solely off of my prize winnings and, and sponsorships and was really living out my dream of, of becoming a professional athlete. And it was, it was amazing. But then around 2019, 2020, insert, you know, hybrid racing. This is when, you know, DecaFit and this other company called Hyrox kind of appeared out of, out of nowhere, really. And I thought to myself, you know, this, you know, I thought Spartan racing was meant for me, but this felt even more kind of just like how I've always enjoyed training, you know, like when I was training for Spartan, I essentially was on a running program and and did, you know, a crap ton of pull-ups. And that was kind of enough to, to kind of get me to where I needed to be. But this hybrid racing, this DECA stuff really allowed me to get into what I've always enjoyed doing and that's that's multi just like different modalities of of training where you're on the rower you're on the skier you're pushing sleds you're doing lunges all these kind of things that I've always enjoyed doing was now in an actual competition and that was when I decided I wanted to put all of my eggs in this hybrid racing basket and I still dabble a little bit in in Spartan racing but this is where my passion lies. And, um, I've had, you know, tremendous success so far in, in just a short amount of time. I think we've only, you know, it's only been around for 
two to three years, you know, you had the COVID year where everything was kind of flipped upside down, but things picked up pretty, pretty quick after that. And um, during COVID, I was training really, really hard. So when racing started coming back around, I was fit and, and ready to roll. And, um, you know, like you said in the intro, I, you know, this past year, I was able to uh, win the DECA Mile and the DECA Strong World Championship and, and set the world record in those events and finished second in DECA Fit. I also won the High Rocks North American Championships and finished second at the World Championships. Um, so it's been, it's been crazy, but it's, you know, this is a lifetime of work that has really just kind of prepped me for this moment. It wasn't like, you know, I just started doing this stuff and I'm, you know, getting all of these accolades. It's, I've been putting in work since I was four to five years old and now I'm starting to see the fruits of my labor and it's pretty cool, man. I love it. I love it a lot. Takes a heck of a long time to become an overnight success, you know. Um, you know, uh, I, I know Ricardo's going to take us to the World Championships in a minute, and he's going to definitely give you some uh, sport-specific uh, questions for our listeners. And and I love that. I love that all the different people from the journey locations that are listening in today and around the world and around the country will get some of this great quality information. But I always like to take like a little highlighter and highlight when people have said some great things. And, and you just said a lot that, you know, I want to go back and first of all, Overcomer Nation, if you're a parent out there, how about that? The influence of a father that has uh, a young boy doing a half marathon at seven years old, you know, if you, if you start young with things, you know, you're a lot more likely, you know, like the people that become the state champion wrestlers, they usually tell you, well, I was wrestling since I was five, you know, well, you know, that sure does help, doesn't it? You know, so I really want to just, uh, you know, I admire the influence that your father was on you. And uh, I also uh, also like the fact that, you know, like you're, you're going through, you know, your college years and, you know, you, you run that marathon and, you know, two and a half hours, and, you know, you got a good time. And, you know, but I mean, at the time, you know, you, you want it to be more and you can't figure out why it's not. But now it all makes sense. Looking back, you're like, you know. Every marathon, every Spartan race has led you to be the double world champion that you are today, right? So sometimes it doesn't look like what we thought it would look like, but it ends up how it's supposed to end up because there is a plan for your life. And I, and I think you're arriving at it, you know, right, right here, right now, you're talking about this culmination of things. So I just think that that's really awesome. And, and the final thing I wanted to touch on was identity, right? Your, your identity, like, Overcomer Nation, you know, if you're a fitness enthusiast out there and you're trying to figure out how to stay on track, you got to make it part of your identity. Before we even brought Ryan on the show today, he talked about getting home late. And so he had to get out in the garage and do a workout at 1030 at night so he didn't miss his workout. Like, I mean, if you're listening, what do you do when you get home late? You say, well, I got to get my workout in. You say, man, I'm going to bed. Like, I mean, what's your identity, right? So, I mean... I just think you've shared some really good things with us today. And I, I think that when we want to be successful at things, we have to make it part of our identity. That that's who we are. You know, we just, we run or we lift or we do whatever. So uh, really good stuff there. Um, Ricardo, oh, well, you, I, go ahead, Ryan. I yes. just wanted to add to that. You know, my dad, there were many times growing up where I hated him for making me do all of these things that I really didn't want to do. It wasn't until much later in life where I was able to look at my dad and honestly just thank him for pushing me 
as hard as he did when I was a kid and was able to kind of see what, what he was trying to do, you know, and like you said about purpose, I always thought running, running was solely my purpose in life. Um, but to your point, you know, this, I kind of, I feel like I've arrived at, at this place in my life where everything just kind of makes sense now. And everything that I've done up until this point was really just kind of prepping me for this moment. So I appreciate what you said there. Thank you. Well, that's a, that's a real maturing too, that we can get to, right? Cause when we look at our parents pushing us when we're younger, you know, it's easy to hate and rebel and, but, uh, but man, he was, I, I see your father as someone that was trying to transfer his own identity of being a marathon runner and being a world champion to you. And at first it doesn't make sense. And then, then someday we're a world champion ourselves and we got to look back on all the things that helped lead us there. And it, it goes back to being a seven year old running a half marathon, you know, and then every <laughs> ounce of work you put in since then. So really good. Now, Ricardo, you were at these world championships and, uh, I know you have some comments and questions with regards to Ryan's performance and uh, what you saw, which you witnessed a comeback, actually. So um, yeah. turn it over to you for that. Well, let me, if I could just before I do that, say that, you know, I tell my kids that uh, the problem with their generation is that they're raised by my generation and my generation wants to be friends with their kids. You know, but your father had the courage to say, you may not like me, but you will respect me, right? You will one day respect me. And too often, my generation uh, is making the choice to be liked rather than respected, you know, and uh, good parents know that the kids may not like you temporarily, but, you know, it's kind of like a, a drill sergeant in boot camp. You might hate them in boot camp, but when you're on the battlefield, you're going to thank God for them, right? And that's the same thing with a parent. You you can be pissed at me, but, you know, there's going to be a day when you come back and thank me. And your dad had the courage to be that kind of parent, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, so that's a great legacy he passed on to you. And I know that you're very intentional just in the brief time we spent getting to know each other, that you're an intentional parent as well. And so it's a great legacy you have to continue to pass on. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, I just uh, want to make sure I have the timeline correct. Uh, I was at Chicago. We were at Navy Pier. Um, I was doing some refing that day and I competed that day, but uh, you were in the running with the elites, of course. And, uh, I believe that that was the day you set the DECA fit world record. Is that my memory serving correctly? In at Chicago? I thought you set the, the world record and then that was in July. And then in September, um, someone broke it down in Florida. Is that the right time? Am I remembering this right? So I did, I had the record, but I, I missed it in Chicago by, oh. I don't know, like seven or eight seconds or something like that. Okay, okay. So yeah. you already had the record coming into Chicago at Navy Pier. Um, Correct. Yeah. And uh, so you had a, still a great race. You were eight seconds off of your own world record, you know, and then went down. And uh, did you compete in Florida? Yeah, yeah. So this this was going to be the first time that I had the chance to race this kid, kid named Ryland, um, who had some pretty stellar DECA mile times that he had done at some some facilities across the country 
Um, he broke my decamile world record that, that, I, that it actually stood for quite a while. And I remember when he did that, I was like, something was wrong. Like the course, the course was short. He didn't do enough reps. Something, something seemed fishy because I don't know, I'd, I'd been training this for so, so long and I kind of felt like I had a, a grip on what the possibilities were. Yeah. And when he did this, I was like, oh man, there's, that is just absolute craziness. So yeah. I, this was my first opportunity to race Rylan, who had just before taken my deck a mile record. Um, and I was really looking forward to competing against him. He had just won the Spartan North American championship. So he was really, really fit. And, uh, yeah, he, him and I had quite, quite the battle. We separated from, from the rest of the field there in West Palm pretty early on. It was a, a two-man race, and um, he actually, he edged me out by about nine seconds at that West Palm race, and, um, Now, Ryan, you know, the, uh, just real quick for our audience, because our audience, mean, there's probably a lot of listeners right now, they're like, well, what's DECA fit? Like, I'm getting that people are running, but can we just go through, like, the... Sure. of that real quick just for anybody that might be wondering you know because who knows they may wind up doing it at some sure. point sure so i mean essentially deca fit is just it's a fitness competition with a blend of running and other functional fitness movements and it's it's broken down like this you do a, a 500 meter run and then you come in and do an exercise that equals one round a run plus an exercise equals one round. You do that for 10 rounds. But the only caveat is the exercise changes each time. The run never changes. The run is always 500 meters, but the exercise changes. So the first exercise is, is reverse lunges. The second exercise is rowing. The third is box jumps. The fourth is med ball sit-ups where you have to take the med ball put it behind your head and throw it up to a target. The fifth station is the ski erg. The sixth is a farmer's carry. The seventh is an assault bike. The eighth is basically like a dead ball over the shoulder. You just pick up um, a 60 pound uh, dead ball and, and throw it over your shoulder 20 times. Um, the ninth station is, is the tank sled, which is a, a torque fitness tank. Um, it's magnetic resistant, magnetic, magnetic resistance on wheels. Um, and you have to push and pull that a total of a hundred meters. And then you end with the final one is, is Ram burpees, which is essentially a devil's press. If you've ever done those in the gym, you, you know, you grab the dumbbells, put them to the floor and then pick them up and bring them overhead. Um, so, and, and in between each one of those, you're doing a 500 meter run, which totals up to five kilometers of of total running for the duration of, of the deck of fit. So there's a lot of things going on in there, a lot of different things to, to kind of train and, and work on. Well, that was an excellent breakdown. Thank you for breaking that down because I want all the listeners to know ultimately what you wound up doing is uh, 10 different exercises. And, you know, men and women have different weights. Ryan's picking up a 60-pound ball. Women are picking up a 40-pound ball. Um Many people are jumping right over those boxes. Some are walking over them, right? You know, of course, they're not going right. as fast as the jumpers, but uh, it's possible. Like, that's what I like about DECA is that, you know, there's not many people that can't do it. They, 
there's a lot of people that can't do it as fast as Ryan. <laughs> you know, I'm one of them. Ricardo's one of them, you know, but, uh, you know, everybody can, you know, do this kind of thing. And it's, it's a really interesting event. So I just wanted people to get the visual in their mind. So uh, back to you, Ricardo. Just to clarify the three types, uh, you know, so you've got the fit, that's that 500 meter run before each of the 10 stations. The mile, which is one of the records uh, that you hold, is 160 meters before each of the 10 stations. And then the strong is no running. It's just the 10 stations. And so that's why we're able, you're a double world champion and a double world record holder because you're holding the record in the strong and the mile. And yes. Ricardo, you were taking us on a journey. You were talking yeah. about how you had the record and then. Yeah, uh, so then you went down to Florida. Had this two-man yeah. race edged you out by uh, eight seconds. And uh, I don't know you well, but I know you well enough that you were looking for revenge when we got to <laughs> city in November. Am I right about that? Absolutely. Absolutely. And and there was no ill will at all. I, I congratulated Rylan after he beat me. And, and you know, I did a post-race interview where I just, I admitted that I, I got beat, you know, like, he, he, he got away from me early and I tried to reel him in and, and I just a little, little too late to, you know, to catch him all the way. But um, that really fired me up though, because I had been, you know, dominating for lack of a better term um, in Deca fit pretty much ever since it came around. Um, you know, I was winning each competition by over a minute. So I hadn't really been pushed yet. And Sometimes if you're not being pushed, I don't know, you might slack off a little bit in training because you know that you are a little bit better than, than the competitors. But when Ryland came in, all of that went out the window, man. Like I wrote a training plan leading up to DECA Worlds that I knew was going to get me fitter than I had ever been in my entire life. I started taking my nutrition more seriously because these little minor detail things, the, the, the 1%, the half of 1%, the, the quarter of a percent, I felt like it was going to matter. And it was because of a, a guy like Ryland coming in and really kind of pushing me to that limit, forced me to take everything I've ever done to a whole nother level. And yeah, so we showed, we all showed up in, in Atlantic City for the world championships. And, you know, this is where I made a mistake. You know, I, I really thought that this race was going to be just like it was in West Palm. It was going to be a two-man race with a, a great a group of great athletes, you know, hot on our heels. But I felt like us two, we were going to separate from from the group. And and what ended up happening was a, a third gentleman named Rich Ryan, who is a great friend of mine. He he lives here in Denver. We train together on occasion. I've seen him work. I knew that he was going to be a factor, but um, he really put on a show that day. And it became a three-man race in, in Atlantic City. And that and really kind of... Wasn't Ryan Shadig a part of that? He was in that, that lead yep. there for a while as well. Yeah, so there was... He was... You were chasing him. And then, I mean, it, boy, there was a lot going on in those yeah. late to middle rounds. Yeah, for sure, you know, and and I kind of, I have a, I think we all race it a little bit differently. I save a little bit knowing that I can really push that assault bike, you know, on, on zone seven. And if I am a little bit behind, I can work that and kind of get back into the game. Um, but it was a three-man race and, 
you know, I accomplished my goal of, of redemption on Ryland. You know, I was able to, he actually came into the last station ahead of me and I was able to do the, the, the 20 Ram burpees, which is a 45 pound Spartan Ram, 20 reps. I was able to do those a little bit quicker than him and was able to, you know, move on by him just before the finish line. But Rich, Rich ended up beating us both. So it was weird because, you know, that whole time I was training leading up to the world championships, Rylan was the only person on my mind, really, you know, I'm like, I got to beat Rylan, got to beat Rylan. And I accomplished that goal. But then here was Rich who kind of trumped us both and, and took us both down. Um, but, you know, he, like I said, Rich was a good friend of mine and I was so happy for him, you know, and I got back to the hotel that night. I ended up going to Atlantic city by myself. I left my family behind. Um, and I was laying in the hotel room and I, I kind of had a, a moment of just feeling sorry for myself. Um, a little pity party where I was like, God, Lee, man, like when the heck am I going to win one of these world championship things, man? Like I'm, I'm always right there. I'm knocking on the door. Even in Spartan, I'd finished fifth twice at the Spartan world championships. You know, I've, I've always been right there. When, when is my time going to come? Mm -hmm. And after a few minutes, I just thought to myself, I'm like, dude, your time is now. It's, it's right now. You still have two more races tomorrow. You have the Deca Strong and the Deca Mile. Like, get over this, dude. You finished second. It's a great accomplishment. It's, it's time to move on and, and get ready for, for tomorrow. And this is an overcomer talking right here. <laughs> listen up, listen up. Wow. Okay. Well, let's highlight just a couple of things. I got to highlight. I, you know, did you guys hear that? You know, if I, what Ryan found out was that because he wasn't really necessarily having anyone challenge him, that he wasn't playing at the level that he could play. He was playing below his potential. And it was when he got challenged that he came up to his potential. So that's really interesting because that applies to you in the gym. Like, you know, we do group training at Journey. Where do you gravitate towards? Do you gravitate towards somebody that you're going to work out alongside that's going to challenge you? Or are you going away from that? Because run towards it, embrace it. And then and then what yeah. happens? Go Could ahead, Ricardo. Jump in? And yeah. that's exactly what I tell our clients, why we even have DECA. Because yeah. when you meet you, you come in the goal and you've got that, I want to lose 20 pound goal or whatever it is. And when you accomplish it, you are at the most precarious spot in the journey because complacency can set in. Ryan Kent here is telling us it's not that he wasn't doing well. He was owning every race he was in by a minute. And the success is what caused complacency to set in. And so that's why we even go to the time and trouble and expense of having DECA so that you don't, you always have something to shoot for and always can measure your improvement and see that it's working, right? Because we see even from a world champion, what happens when there's nothing there to shoot for. You aim at nothing, that's what you're going to hit. Absolutely, absolutely. We've we've brought DECA to journey so that people can test their fitness and keep on challenging themselves. And then I love what your approach was, right? You know, there's opportunity everywhere if you look for it. There's opportunity to change your nutrition, change your program push a little harder and that's what you did and that's why you were able to get your redemption but then it became about mindset 
right? Like what happens to somebody when they get defeated, right? You got defeated by the unknown factor, the factor that you weren't thinking about. You know, sometimes we just, you know, we get knocked off our game a little bit by something that we weren't expecting. And who knows what it might be for the listeners. It could have been an injury. Heck, you might've just gained some weight over the holidays and took some time off. And now you're feeling maybe a little bit like a sloth or whatever. Oh, I don't know if I want to get back to the gym. You know, whatever's challenging your mindset. I love the way that you were at first down and you're like, man, when's my time going to come? And then you said, my time is now. I still got two more races. So you made up, you flipped the switch in that room. Take us there. Take us there. You know, if you would, Ryan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you know, I'm I'm always the person who is looking for um things to to motivate me. You know, mm -hmm. I'm if I'm listening to a podcast with some other athlete and my name gets brought up and you know they say something about me or a comment on some Instagram post or whatever, like. I sort of seek these things out to kind of fire me up and, you know, but it's not, you can't always find that. It's not, a, it's not necessarily like a sustainable, uh, it's not sustainable motivation, you know? Um, but in this particular moment, I, I was just, I just, I knew what I could do. Like I knew, I knew what my potential was and, I remember showing up to the start line for the Deca Strong, which was the first event of day two. And the CEO of Spartan Race, the CEO of, of Deca Fit, was right there on the start line, Joe DeSena. He had his, his um, Instagram live on his phone, and he was filming us at the start line. And he's going through all the guys standing on the front line, like, hey, how you going to do today? And I, I was kind of listening to what some of the other guys were, were saying. And most of them were very, very apprehensive about kind of what they were saying. They're like, oh, well, you know, we'll see what happens. And he finally gets to me and he goes, hey, Kent, how are you going to do today? I, was, I just looked at him and said, I'm winning. Mm -hmm. You know, right. with, with, with my competitors standing right next to me, they could obviously hear what I was saying. But I was just that confident and that fired up and I don't think I would have been that way had I won the previous day it was because I had lost that that really kind of brought me to this this place that I was now in and you know That's long there's, story there's a lesson in that Ryan I mean what's a tombstone for some people was a stepping stone for you you stepped it up. You know, like, I think that sometimes in life, people, people fail, and then that's it. You know, like for you, you know, you're failing forward, you know, fail became, failure became your fuel. You know, like, I mean, if you want to call it failure, heck, I mean, you're second place in a world championship event, you know, and you beat the guy that you're coming there to beat. But still, you know, you felt defeated. And it fueled you. It was a stepping stone. It wasn't the end. It was the beginning. And, and I just love this story. You know, so thank you for sharing it. Yeah, for sure. And the DECA strong course setup, I know Ricardo can can attest to this. It wasn't it wasn't set up in a way that was conducive for a fast time because they set it up to accommodate spectators, filming, things like that. So a typical DECA strong that you would do in, in a gym where you're really kind of Hop, hopping from one thing to the next it, everything's very very close this was the complete opposite 
it was, you know, you kind of had to jog a little bit in between in between the stations to get to the next one. As proof um, of what you're saying, in my age category of the 12 of us, nine people uh, got worse times than they had finished the season with. Nine of the 12 were slower than their best time of the season. Uh, yep. and it's just because of what you're saying. They had It's not like a gym setup. You got 12 guys. They had to spread it out. It was a long, slow course. Mm-hmm. And, and to that point, you know, I ended up, this was probably one of the most, I would say, dominant performances I've ever had in any competition that I've ever done. And in an event that's really, you know, less than 12 minutes for the top end elites, um, I was able to to win this one by a pretty good margin. And I remember getting to the finish line and somebody told me my time because I didn't really look. I was so just focused on the race and somebody was like, dude, you just ran 11.09 or 11.10 or something like that. My previous best was 11.31. And after I saw the course set up, I'm like, well, I probably won't get a personal best, but if I win, like, that's really all I came here to do. You know, everyone has to run the same course. So when somebody told me my time, I was just like, whoa. Like, you know, like. Wow. You know, overcoming Asia, listen in now. We're talking about the event where there's not the running, there's 10 exercises, but these 10 exercises, we're talking about rowing 500 meters, 500 meters on a ski erg, right? You know, you're, you're going over a box 20 times, right? You're, you're lifting the dead ball 20 times, you know, you're, I mean, you're pushing a tank, you're, you're carrying like these heavy dumbbells, you know, for hundred meters, right? I mean, there's all kinds of things going on here and you average a little over a minute per one of these 10 things, right? Like mm-hmm. transparency here. Okay, let's talk about Travis here, your host. Okay, I'll tell you. I was excited when I broke 20 minutes, okay? And these were things with, that were very close together, you know? I mean, we're talking about a man that did it in 11.09. Wow, that's fantastic. Wow. wow that's yeah, you know, I think it was just one of those, one of those performances where I was just so dialed in. And again, I, I think it had to do with with losing the day before, you know, I don't think that performance would have even been possible had I accomplished what I wanted the day before. Mm-hmm. So looking back on it, it's like, okay, like everything kind of worked out the way that it was supposed to, you know, and then, and then obviously I had to go back to the hotel room, shower, get some food in me and, and try to get ready for the deck a mile, which in my opinion is, is the hardest one of of the three deca races mm-hmm. um so yeah that presented presented its own own challenge well before we go to that and i know ricardo might have especially because we have all these in our gyms like this is the most common one this is the one that our members are most familiar with um you know ricardo you probably have a question or two i i have a question for you what do you think it are some of the tips that you would give to people uh, that are doing the just the 10 exercise event? Like, what do you think is important in their training? Um, you know, if they want to improve their times, you know, is there certain tips or strategies or things that you would tell them as a world champion that they need to be doing? For, for DECA strong or for DECA mile? For DECA strong, because I know we'll be talking about DECA mile in a minute as we talk about how <clears throat> you came back from the hotel that day. But uh, for DECA strong, um, you know, maybe it's about, 
doing certain exercises twice as long as you'll be doing them in the event. Maybe it's about, you know, the way you do the exercises or uh, what you think that they need to dial in for better times themselves. What would you recommend? Yeah. So the biggest thing is, you know, you, you kind of look at it as a very short competition, you know, like even, I mean, even the most out of shape people who are just there to finish the darn thing, you know, can, can do it in, I don't know, less than 30 minutes. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not a very long um, duration competition, but that doesn't mean you should be training for 15 to 30 minutes a day. You know, like you need to be putting in, you know, 60 minute sessions um, to get you ready for an event that's 15 to 20 minutes for, for most people. Um, and the way I really kind of break down a DECA strong training plan is, is much different than, than uh, there are, there are some kind of, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Some, some like carryover from one to the, to the other, but because there's no running, you can really just focus on, on the stations. I mean, I still did a crap ton of running because I was trying to focus on all three at the same time, but the, all of my quality sessions for a DECA strong were really the event broken up into like three different segments and each week it would kind of change. So like, let's say you would do the first three to four stations of a deck of strong. So you're going to do reverse lunges right into a row, right into box jumps, right into sit-ups. Then you're going to break. You're going to take a break. And then you're going to, your next set is going to start at the fifth station so you're going to start at the ski erg and you're going to go ski erg into farmer's carry into assault bike and then maybe we can take a break after the assault bike mm -hmm. and then we're going to do the final three we're going to do the dead ball over the shoulder the tank and the ram burpees and that'll be the third set and i might do that i might go through each set two or three times with adequate rest mm -hmm. but what i end up doing is Okay, so maybe that was the first week. The second week now, we're gonna, we need to, you now know what it's like to go from the lunges to the row, to the box jumps, to the sit-ups, but then you had the break. So now you need to know what it's like to go from the sit-ups to the ski erg. So now maybe the, the, the segments, the sets are broken up to where maybe you do lunges and then row, then take a break. Now you're going to do box jumps, sit-ups, ski erg, maybe even add on farmer's carry, and then take a break. Mm -hmm. And then come in and, and finish off the last. So you, basically, you're just trying to get your body familiar with going from one station to the next. That's essentially what you want to do. Um, and even though you did these stations maybe three times, you were sticking with the prescribed amount of like, if it was a ski erg, for example, you might do 500 meters, but you might run through it three times and do those 500 meters each time. Sometimes, sometimes, yeah. sometimes I might even break it up into a smaller, uh, like less reps and, and lower, like maybe I only do a 250 row where mm -hmm. I can really kind of push the pace a little bit more. Um, I do that a lot. I uh, like a running program that has like a faster day and like a running program that has like more of a, 
uh, for those that uh, may be familiar with running programs, you know, if you look up Hal Higdon or whatever, and you look for a running program, you're going to see that you're going to have a longer, slower day, and you're going to have faster paced days. So you're sometimes making it a smaller chunk, but we're going to push our limits today on pace, right? Is that what? Yep, absolutely. And I will, I'll, I'll add one more thing. The, a great way to train for DECA strong is to do an EMOM work, which is every minute on the minute. Now, each individual is going to be a little bit different, but if you start from, from, from the lunges all the way to the, to the Ram burpees, essentially what you're looking to do is each station, you want to work for about 30 seconds. And the amount of reps or the, the distance that you get on a row or a ski erg is going to be different for each individual. But you can always say just work for 30 seconds and then you get a 30-second recovery. You're going to do, so let's say you can do 15, 15 reverse lunges in 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. Then you rest until the minute mark. And then you go on to the rower and you row as hard as you can for 30 seconds. Maybe you get, you know, 100 meters. Maybe you get further and then you rest and then you move on. But then when you get to the end, to the final station, take a break. Take a four to five minute break. Now you're going to go cycle back through it again. And then when you get done, you're going to take another break. And then you might even cycle back through it for a third round total. Um, so you're not working in terms of you're working less reps and, and less distance, but the effort is exponentially increased. Um, Very so good. yeah, yeah. And let me just tell you, I, I just want to go I'm ahead. Leave this. I just want to let all of our audience know that at the end of this show, you're going to find out how you can connect with Ryan for more training ideas, because he's got a ton of valuable information to share with you as a world champion. So I just want to let you know that that is coming. If you have questions right now as a listener, there will be a way for you to get them answered. So Ricardo to you. Yeah. I wanted to say that what, you know, we're going to talk about your transfer here in a minute, how you're, uh, you know, your development and your, your, you know, your maturing and your career and everything. But, uh, you know, part of what you're doing is coming here to Columbia City and you're going to be offering a, a seminar for that exact thing, you know, for mindset, for uh, technique and for training tips. And uh, sounds like Travis might want to make the drive for that. Uh, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. I'm loving this show today. This is great. Uh, but it's pretty, it, and Travis, congrats, you know, it's pretty cool to be that Journey's the first gym in the United States to be able to offer this seminar that's being put on. So we're excited, you know, we're excited about that. Uh, and as well as, as you've already mentioned, uh, you know, Ryan's putting on these uh, new, uh, you know, putting on new clients onto his uh, load of things that he's doing. So lots of opportunities to learn. Uh, from the best in the business, you know, I think it's really great. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you get, when you get, when your fitness gets to the point where you can handle the workload, you might not take a rest after you finish that first round. After you finish the Ram burpees, you might immediately start back over at the reverse lunges. You know, depending on the, the, the level of the athlete, they might need that recovery at the end. But ideally, You'd like to finish that 30 seconds of Ram burpees, get your 30 seconds of rest, and then go right into zone one again and start cycling back through. Um, so, again, every individual is going to be a little bit different. 
you know, Ryan, I was thinking about getting into some running uh, right now with the new year. The only thing I was kind of dreading is, uh, you know, being right here in the Northeast, you know, it can be icy and cold and sometimes single digit temperatures that aren't necessarily the best to run in. Um, but however, what you're describing right there is some amazing cardio conditioning without the running. You know, if you're doing some of the stuff that you were just talking about, that's some really great conditioning that people can get, uh, you know, without doing the running itself. So that's, that's fantastic. Ricardo, did you have any specific questions about the strong or do you want to go on to the next step of uh, Ryan's journey? Yeah, I want to talk about, well, I'll just ask him about the mile real quick. And then I just want to talk about, you know, the new phase of your career and the, and the things you're overcoming now. But uh, did, now, did you run the team, the relay on uh, Saturday afternoon? I did World not. Series. You did not run the relay. No. Uh, so it was then Sunday afternoon when you're running the mile. So you've run the one in the morning, the DecaFit Saturday morning, 500 meters before each of the 10 stations. You got second in the world, overcame that to come back. And first thing Sunday morning, first race of the day, set smash a new world record on a slow course, right? 11.09, that's where we left off. And then now he has to go refuel. He's got to get the food, a little rest, because he's coming back same day for another competition, which will be the Deca Mile. Deca Mile, and I think this was, what, about two in the afternoon we were doing this, wasn't it? Yep. And uh, it was on this heat. Um, I don't want to spoil the fun, but uh, – Walk us through that race because you faced some obstacles, uh, particularly this amazed me that you set a world record in doing this. But uh, on uh, station eight, the, the dead ball, throwing the dead ball over the wall, you actually stumbled on it twice on the same rep where it didn't quite get over and you had to duck back around and catch it and it didn't quite get over and I know. catch it a second time. And uh, so you didn't yeah. have a perfect race. But you still set the world record. And there were guys, <clears throat> that was a tough race. Everybody was, I mean, you weren't by yourself yeah. in the lead on that. No, no. And and that was actually during DECA fit that happened. That was, was that, that was, it was during the fit. Oh. And it was just pure fatigue setting in, like race brain situation. I thought I had enough muscle to get it over. I didn't. Picked it up again. Thought I had it, didn't have it. it. Yeah, it's just purely fatigue just kind of setting in. Um, but the deck of mile, this was – it was very interesting because I've been chasing a world title for – since I started competing in Spartan, which was in 2014. And I finally checked it off the list in, in Deca Strong. So I'm on cloud nine, but still I somehow have to like – I can't really celebrate yet because I have another event coming up and I'm competing against the guy who demolished my deck a mile world record in a time that I didn't even think was, was possible. He had already done 17.04. I think my best time was like 17.40 something. And I, I thought sub 17.30 was in the realm of possibility, but I didn't think 17.04 or even sub 17 was was even on the table. I'm like, that's not even, it's not even possible. So, you know, I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to competing against Rylan because again, he took my, took my record away. Um, and, and I sort of felt like I needed to win 
to be considered like a hybrid racing world champion, I, I felt like I needed to win something that had running in it as well. Whereas Deca Strong kind of felt more like like a CrossFit workout in a way. And I needed to prove myself in, in an event where there was some running involved too. So it was interesting because I wasn't, I wasn't as excited to do the deck a mile. Like I sort of felt like a weight had been lifted off of my back after the strong. And I was able to show up to the start line for the mile, like with this like free, just like freeing feeling, you know, like I, I felt no pressure you know like the monkey had been lifted off my back and I was able to just go out there and do what I love to do you know everything I've, I've spent my whole life competing and you know this one race I, I really felt no pressure I was able to just go out do what I love and you know let the chips fall where they may and you know once we got rolling you know again it was it was me and Ryland and there was a lot of back and back and forth in this race between him and I. It ended up be, being one of the closest races. It has to be the closest race I've, I've ever had in my life. And, you know, to kind of fast forward a little bit, I had the lead coming off of the tank on the last run, and he blew by me on the last 160 run coming into the burpees which I'm sure he felt like he needed to have a little bit of a lead going into that final station um because I, I I passed him and beat him there in the deck of fit just the day before so he comes by me and I'm like dude there I can't I couldn't go with him you know I was like dude I am my heart rate is through the roof like fatigue is at a 99 out of 100 um but I just was like, keep it close. Like if you if you can keep it within five or six seconds coming into these burpees, you're gonna reel them in and you know, you'll pass them. And I get in there and he has about a two rep lead. And I think he worked these burpees better than he had ever done in in any race he had ever done because I think he knew, like he's like, I gotta sell out here. Like if I don't sell out, like I'm gonna lose just like I lost to him the day before. So it took me about 12 or 13 reps to to tie him up and by that time I'm starting to get fatigued mm -hmm. so we're really going rep for rep the last five or six I'm not gaining on him you know he's not gaining on me we're just deadlocked and you know I was able to basically beat him out by about a half rep I set it down ran to the finish line and I mean he was two to three seconds right behind me. And, you know, I was able to, to capture the, the world title in, in that event as well. And, you know, I, I've been in many close races like that before where I've come out on the losing end of that. And this time I just felt like it's not, I'm, this is not going to happen again. Like yeah. you've come, you've come out on the losing end of this too many times you have to, I know you're hurting right now I know it sucks but like you have to find a way to pull through and I was really really proud of that because I wanted to give up so many times in that race I'm like dude if Ryland beats me there's no shame in that you know like there's no shame but I don't know there was something in me that just I I, I think I was m mentally stronger 
than I had ever been in any competition that I had ever done. And, and, you know, the physically I was completely done. Like I had nothing, you know, and even coming into those burpees, I thought, I mean, I don't know if I can crank these out, you know, and going back and timing the split, I went back and watched the video. It ended up being my fastest 20 Ram burpees that I've ever done in my entire life. It was like 54 seconds, I think. And coming in, I thought, I'm dead. Like, I've got nothing left. But it was the mind, you know, that really yeah. set me apart. You know, I want to highlight that, too. You know, I have a, a guy that I run with. He's a, he's a good local runner, and he takes me out on trail runs and trains me. And one thing that he's always telling me is that, you know, run your own race. You know, people might take off in front of you in the beginning, but if you run your own race, you'll pass them later on. And, and what I really liked about is Ryland was, you know, driving by you. You're like, you know, I, I'm assessing where I'm at and I'm not going to try to keep with him right now. And I and I think that by making that decision, it allowed you to have the performance that you did with the Ram Burpees because you ran your own race and it turned out that your own race was a few seconds better. Um, so, you know, kudos to you for having that strength and mindset. And I also, I got to highlight this, Ricardo, it's on our wall, never give up. How many times <laughs> do you want to give up? But it's because he didn't give up. You know, you didn't give in to that desire to say I'm just fatigued and then there's no shame in Ryland beating me, but because you never gave up, that's because you won. You know, that's why you won. Uh, so that's awesome. Ricardo, to you. You know, like we, I don't know, like, and I'm not the only one. We all, doesn't matter what level you are, we all work hard. We all train hard. And I don't know, in that moment, I was just like, dude, you don't get up at 4.30 in the morning and do these workouts and, and you don't come home at 1030 at night and, and do a do a training session. You don't do that stuff to to just give up and, and just settle here, man. Like you got to push through. And, um, you know, I think it doesn't matter what level you're at. Like, you know, everyone, everyone can push a little bit harder than I think they they think they can. But most people give themselves an out, you know, they find reasons why or you know like oh i'm doing i'm doing pretty good or whatever it may be but i think we all have a little bit more in there to give and you just got to find it you know real good real that's good. why i'm i you know talking about the next phase of your career and what we're going to do together with you coming here to bring this seminar uh, you know, to be transparent, you know, I've been around a lot of athletes and coaches and, uh, you know, when, when I found out you were available, I mean, we've been at races, I've seen you perform, you know, I've, I've refed events that you were in, but, uh, I, you and I had never spoken, right. I had no idea what type of person you are. Right. And, but then when I found out you were available for this and we kind of had that exploratory phone call, I really started getting excited about this event because I knew you were going to be able to teach my people way more than just the best grip on the tank. You know, you're going to be able to talk about some things of real substance. You're a man of depth. And, I, you know, that I, I, you know, I admired the fact that you came back uh the next day it's not just set one but two world records you know there's a depth of character there and an ability you know a, um, a determination not to accept defeat and to dig deep and uh, i'm really looking forward to our time together 
here in February when uh, you're going to be able to share some of that with our people. And, uh, you know, I mean, of course, I want to learn the, the best place to put my feet on this or that. But, you know, so I think right. the deeper life lessons uh, are going to be very thrilling to learn. And so um, I just was wondering, you know, if you'd be willing to talk about the fact that, you know, as an athlete, by the way, guys, Ryan Kent is doing this at 37 years old. He's no kid. <laughs> you know, uh, that's that's really another impressive thing, you know, because I have people come in here at 30 that say I'm getting old. No, no, you're getting out of shape is what you're doing. You're not getting old. <laughs> you got plenty of life ahead of you. Um, but, you know, if you just be willing to talk about you know, your process of maturing beyond physical performance and your desire to give back and, and to, uh, to have a legacy that's more than trophies. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. When you reached out and we talked on, on the phone, I remember that, man. Like, I don't know. Like, I felt like we bonded, really. I was, I don't know. I was really into that conversation. I thought it was going to be something short, sweet, quick, get to the point. Yeah. and move on it ended up being a, a great conversation and and one I think I told you I was like that was a conversation I needed to have you know and I was very thankful that that we connected and we still stay connected you know to this day so I'm really looking forward to to coming to your gym and uh you know I, when my son was born I had this moment where I didn't know what to do. I didn't, I felt like I had accomplished a good bit in my athletic career. And maybe, maybe I thought, Hey, like you're, you got a kid being born. You've accomplished a lot. Like, Hey, let's hang the shoes up. Let's move on to this next phase of life where you're just, I don't know, like you're focused on your family. You're focused on your job. Cause I had during COVID, I picked up a, a full-time job working as a UPS driver on top of, the training that I had to get done. So it was just crazy. And I, I went about three months when my, when my son was born, I went about three months without doing anything. So at this time I would, I think I had just turned 35. Um, so I'm in my mid thirties, just had a kid three months of nothing. I didn't run. I didn't do a pull up. I didn't do a push up, like nothing. Right. And it got to the point where my wife could see that, like, I don't know, like, I wasn't happy, I guess, you know, like, yeah, I had a kid and I had all these things to look forward to. But, you know, she knew that competing and training like that was very fulfilling for me. And she said, hey, like, go back to it. Like, we can do this. Like, it'll be fine. Like, go back to competing. And I was like, okay, like, if you say so. So. I remember the first day I went out and keep in mind, like, you know, I, I can run a 5k in about 15 minutes, which is about a five minute per mile, you know, per, for the three miles. And I went out on that first day and I could not hold an eight minute pace mm. for a 5k. Like it was, it was rough. And I was like, dang, like maybe I let myself go a little bit too far you know like I had I taken a couple weeks off I probably could have gotten it back you know really quick but three months I was like oh yeah like we're, we're starting over from 
pretty much from level zero and I've got to build all of this back up. And, and to this day, that has been the hardest thing like I've ever had to do was get myself back into the shape that I knew I could get into. And it was honestly a day by day process. And it, it honestly took four to six weeks before I even felt any kind of good on any session. I mean, every day was pretty miserable. That's just kind of how it is when you're getting back into shape and you, you kind of just have to accept that, you know, it, it is going to suck, but then one day everything's going to click and it, it's all going to make sense. And that's, that's what happened to me. I eventually got it back. It took some time. Um, but I was very proud of that because there were many times where I was just like, dude, I don't know if I can do this. I don't know if I can get back to where I was at. Um, and, and now I'm like, man, if I ever take a break again, I'm, I'm never going to take three months again. You know, I might take a week or two, but um, it's when you take those big, long gaps in, in fitness where you're not doing anything, that's when it becomes a challenge to get back. But if you if it's always a part of your lifestyle, it's, it's very easy to maintain and, and, and improve. So, um, yeah, I mean, I got back into competing and, uh, like I said, man, I've had, I've had some great success, not just in, in DECA and Spartan, but really my entire life. I've, I've had a lot of success, a lot of failures too, man. Like I've, I've fallen on my face many, many times, but I'm very stubborn and I, I always look forward to kind of getting putting myself back into the arena and and testing myself and um That's you know really, Ryan I want to thank you for sharing that story uh too you know because like you know overcomer nation you're hearing that he's a real person right you know he's not a machine he's, he's you know like I mean he's like you he's struggled he's had to make a comeback you know and uh uh Ryan be sure to share how our audience can connect with you and learn more from you I definitely want to make sure that they get that too uh you know, so that they can connect with the real Ryan Ken and learn uh, from you. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you can reach out on Instagram at drop the hammers is my Instagram handle, or you can reach out um, a trainmorehybrid.com, which is my coaching platform. Uh, Ryan at trainmorehybrid is, is the email address. Um, but, you know, just to add on to what I was saying, after I'd won my world title in Atlantic City, I thought that that was going to be kind of the moment where I'm like, okay, like I, I did what I've, I've set out to do. I've accomplished my goal. Like it was supposed to be this, this moment where I just felt like I had achieved everything that I've worked my entire life for, but there was still like some emptiness inside. And this gets to Ricardo's point, you know, um, feeling very unfulfilled, um, you know, I, I recently got diagnosed with, with depression and anxiety. And, you know, what's crazy is through all of this, I'm still performing like really, really well, but no one really kind of knows the struggle that's going on kind of behind the scenes um, in, in my personal life. And, um, you know, I, I was feeling like my wife, I remember after I got back, she was like, so you're good now, right? Like you got your world world championships you're good right and I was like ah I was like well I didn't win deca fit you know like 
I can be the first one. If I come back next year, I can be the first one to win, have the world championship in, in all three of them. So there's, there was always this, like, I don't know, like if you're always chasing trophies and, and titles, you're always going to be left unfulfilled and unsatisfied. You know, there's always going to be the next thing. Let's say I go back next year and I win DecaFit. Then maybe I say, well, maybe I'll be become the first one to win all three of them twice. You know, like there's, there's just always going to be something else. And I know me, like I'm, it's just never going to be enough. I'm always going to be searching for the next thing. And this is kind of where this whole traveling to the gym thing kind of kicked in. You know, I had, I had uh, Amber and Zach who run Pure Impact Athletics. It's a DECA affiliate out of Canada. They, they approached me just as I was leaving, leaving Atlantic City. And they said, hey, would you be interested in um, coming up to our gym in Canada and helping us put on like a DECA training seminar? And I was like, yeah, like, absolutely. That sounds fantastic. You know, I've never been to Canada ever. So I'm like, chance to go see somewhere new and and really kind of get more involved in the community because that's ultimately what I want to do. You know, I, I started my coaching business about five or six months ago to to really do just that. You know, like I've learned a lot through through the years and it's it's time to start giving back. And and that's why I launched my coaching business. So when they reached out and were like, hey, come to our gym. I'm like, this is, this is the next step, you know, like this is how I can leave my mark. I can leave my legacy really in other people. You know, my legacy doesn't have to be in accomplishments, you know? Um, so on the plane ride home from Atlantic city, I was thinking to myself, I said, Hey, like, what if this is something that other DECA affiliate gym owners would like? to do also. So I got to talking to Yancey, who is, if you know Yancey, I mean, he's, he's the man, you know, and he said, Hey, we're, we're having our final DECA affiliate call of the year this week. How about you come on and hop on and kind of speak what you want to say. And, you know, thank God to him, you know, I was able to get on that call and, and, and talk to all the gym owners and, kind of tell them about this this new passion that I had about potentially traveling to your facility and and helping lead you know a DECA clinic I don't want it to be all about me I, I really want it to be about the gym and you know if we can find a way to kind of insert me into that you know that's really what I want to do I don't, I don't want it to be all about me and um, you know ever since that call you know I've had quite a few gyms reach out and, and we've talked on the phone and coach Ricardo is one of those guys who, who reached out and thought that I could bring some value to, to some of his gym members. And, um, you know, and, and like you said, I want to talk, I want to talk training. I want to talk tips and tricks and technique and uh, all that, all that fun stuff that's really going to give you a faster Deca mark, you know, that's, that's what we want. But I also want to be able to share kind of, you know, the, the roller coaster ride of, of a life that I've, I've lived and kind of how I've navigated that a little bit and kind of how I've ended up where I'm at, you know, and um, 
hopefully it's something that that I can continue to pursue uh, for years to come, even when I'm long done competing, you know, maybe this is a route that, that, uh, that I could go in the future that kind of keeps me involved in the community. Um, and, uh, honestly, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Like I'm heading up at the end of January to the, to pure impact. And, um, and then I've got two gyms there in the Midwest in February that I'm going to and, um, everything's just building off of that, but, you know, if you're listening to this and, you know, you live anywhere near a gym DECA affiliate, reach out to your gym owner and have them reach out to me. And I'd love to talk and see if we can line something up and, you know, maybe I, maybe I'll pop into your facility here soon. You know, Mr. Kent, let's see, uh, just even as you were saying, uh, you know, when I first suggested, Hey, what if we, what if you share your story with some groups of people, you know, and there was, you were hesitant a little bit, you know, well, give me some time to think about it. But again, that just speaks to the depth of character that in the, whatever it's been a week or 10 days since that conversation, you're even saying, now I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to sharing of myself in a way that's a little bit intimidating for me, but I know it's going to do good. And I just, I, I am so uh, privilege. I, I like you. I feel like, yeah, there was a, there was a definitely a, a soul connection of one brother to another of, hey, you know, I'm glad I get to be, uh, you know, in some ways uh, along for the ride a little bit as you're, as you're going into this next phase. And uh, Travis, who's been a mentor to me, loves to say we do this job because we get two paychecks. And uh, the first one can be a little skinny sometimes. Uh, <laughs> the one we get in the bank can be a little skinny sometimes. But uh, you know, it's it's part of why part just part of why I'm the most grateful man alive is because I get to do meaningful work and see lives change. And and I can tell you that what you're anticipating is absolutely going to be true. That you're going to experience deeper, lasting rewards because sooner or later you have to bring up those trophies. You know, sooner or later in your career, you have to be the one that's living on those stories and bringing them up because nobody's really asking about them anymore, right? But the kind of person you are, and when you're giving into people's lives, they're going to be bringing that up for the rest of your life and even after you're gone because they're going to say, this man made an impact in my life. And so you're, you're headed for a big paycheck and, and it's going to be really great uh, you know, when you're here together with us, it, I'm, I'm really excited in case you can't tell. I mean, this thing's going to be a great weekend. Uh, yeah. I'm excited. Excited. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead I was just, that, was, that was beautiful. Like, I, I appreciate that, man. Thank you. Yeah, really good. Ryan, um, you know, there's a, there's a lesson there in what you just shared and, um, and it's a deep lesson. And so I just want to challenge the listeners as we uh, close things out, you know, what shift are you going to make? Because, Ryan is making a big shift in his life and the shift is uh, it, it's actually there's a book called the shift and it talks about moving into the afternoon of your life and going from ambition to meaning um, ego can be an acronym and it stands for edging God out and what the ego does is it sometimes tells us that we are what we have and you're not you're not what you have you know if all you are is what you have when you lose what you have who are you right there's still a you that's left and and we're also not what we accomplish, right? Like Ryan's like still feeling empty because he's like, you know, I got these trophies and I got these titles, but you know, 
I'm not what I've accomplished. Who am I? Well, you know, you're finding fulfillment and connecting to who you truly are, right? Who you truly are is a spiritual being having a human experience that wants to connect with other spiritual beings and see what you can pour into them. And that's where we find our greatest fulfillment when we can love and serve, you know? And so you're, uh, you're on that journey to love and serve, to pour what is put in you when you are inspired, Brian, you are in spirit, right? You know, so you're going to go be in spirit with other spiritual beings and pour into them that unique thing that you were created to do. And that's why you're moving from ambition into meaning. I just think it's, it's a big lesson there. Our greatest bomb came at the end of the show right there. You know, the little knowledge bomb, the journey that Ryan's on, the shift that he's making. Let that challenge you in 2023 to say, you know, what kind of shift can I make in my life to move into more meaningful work? I think that's awesome, Ryan. So I'm sure we'll still see you rocking the world championships. But meanwhile, you're going to help others do it. And shout out to our world champions. Let's see, Ricardo, how many world champions we got in Journey? You know, well, you have Coach Brooke at Horsehead. She's a world champion in the female. I think it's uh, what eighteen to twenty-four class. Uh-huh. Uh, my daughter Felice uh, is a double world champion. She got the fit in the mile, uh, and then we have some second place. Uh, Alice Herbs was second in the deck of fit in her age group, female fifty-five to fifty-nine. So we got a we got a few of them around here. And yeah, my other, my other daughter Raquel. I almost left out my other daughter. She oh got, no! Don't leave my Raquel. Rocky. Yeah, she got <laughs> second in the uh, ten to thirteen category in the deck because that was the only event they had. But she got second in the strong. So, yeah, journeys, journeys. Uh, you know, we're doing something right. We're getting some people on the podium. So you know, oh, we yeah, something. we're getting some people on the podium. And, and you know, Ryan, uh, we're thanking you for being a part of how we can get more people on the podium next year. You know, so maybe that's something for your journey in 2023. Maybe you can become a champion in your age group or, uh, you know, and the, there's all kinds of age groups. There were men over 70 years old competing at that Decker World Championship. So there was a, a spot for them as well. So, uh, you know, we may not be uh, at 1109 like our world champion, Mr. Kemp, but, you know, you can do something in your age group and, and set your sights on that for the new year. That could be a great thing to aspire to. So, uh, Ryan, one more time. How can people connect with you? Yeah, so Instagram, at Drop the Hammer. Or uh, my coaching website is trainmorehybrid.com. And the email attached to the coaching is ryan at trainmorehybrid. That's awesome. That's awesome. Thank you for sharing yep. so generously with everybody today. Uh, Ricardo, any anything uh, final? Yeah, oh, I'm asking you this whenever we talk. Uh, what are you grateful for? What's that? I keep asking uh, Ryan every time we talk, what are you grateful for? What are you grateful for today? Oh, man. Just grateful to be alive. Yeah. You know, there's there, there's days that are good. There's days that are bad. Um, but you wake up, sun shines, and, you know, I got in a great workout this morning. Uh, twisted my ankle a little bit, but you know, I'm healthy and, uh, yeah, I'm just, I'm just really grateful to be alive. That's great. Right on. And Ricardo, when's your event in Columbia city? Uh, that we're going to have the deck of mile deck of strong, as well as the relay and the kids events. That's all February 17 and 18. 
Uh, Ryan's coming up and he's going to be holding, a, looks like it's going to be two seminars uh, Thursday night before the event on Thursday, February 16th. And uh, right now, we've got three possible times. And when people register, they're picking the two most popular, right? And so the second most popular at this time is looking like it's going to be Saturday after the event. So um, you can either come early and try to get those tips before or, you know, stay after the event and, you know, get that training and stuff to go back home and implement. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I look forward to... Uh hopefully even coming to visit for that event and uh, seeing Ryan. So that's great. Thank you guys. Uh, thank you guys for your time today. Ryan, thank you for being a great guest on the Overcomers podcast. And thanks for being an overcomer and a champion. Appreciate you. Yeah, man. Thank you guys. That was a, a great conversation. Appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for listening, Overcomer Nation. Make sure if you haven't already, give us a five-star rating. Make sure that you share this and subscribe so you can see all of our future content. That's right. And if you'd like to be a guest on a future show, go to overcomers-podcast.com. If you're interested in our franchise opportunities with Journey 333, then go to www.journeyfitness333.com. And finally, if you like what you heard today and you feel like you're somebody that needs a bit more coaching, go to travisbarnes.com. Yeah!